touching your body lovingly with oils that support the central nervous system and calm and relaxation like lavender supports reducing anxiety supports calm and relaxation you get that physical connection with yourself which is so incredibly powerful you're listening to the well woman podcast i'm your host Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator natural fertility coach and daytime mermaid This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. This is episode 209 of the Well Woman podcast. Now, if you didn't know, I love hearing from our listeners. Yes, that's you. I love hearing from you and hearing what topics you'd love to learn about and hear about here on the show. So I've been hearing a lot of requests around essential oils and what essential oils are great for the menstrual cycle. So I reached out to my beautiful friend, Alice Nichols, who I consider the essential oils queen here in Australia. And she's joining us today to talk all about essential oils for your menstrual cycle. Now, Alice is a powerful example of what it means to actively embrace the succession of death and rebirth in life. Her most important work is not in telling or teaching, but inviting and involving women in movements that will shake them from weak comforts, self-effacing identities, and half-lived lives into a space of conscious self-creation. The through line in digital clubs, programs, and coaching experiences Alice leads is sovereignty, self-reliance, and empowerment. She, to me, anyway, is the ultimate essential oils queen. But she's so much more than that. She truly embodies health in the most abundant, truthful and transparent way. And I'm really blessed to call her a dear friend. And I have so much love and respect for her. So I could not invite her to talk about this topic with me on the show. So in this episode, we are chatting all about how Alice got into health and wellness and her beautiful transition. We talk about the health industry and how she became a health coach and the challenges and the adversities and the growth in that process. But then we drum into oils. Why oils? What can we do before we approach essential oils? Why are essential oils so fantastic to use for our health? And what can we do around essential oils for our menstrual cycle? Is it really as simple as just rolling an oil over your belly? Well, she gives us all of the top tips, including the top essential oils to use around your menstruation, things you can use to help support you premenstrual and the oils that she is loving right now. Alice, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. So nice to have you here. It's an absolute pleasure. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Ah, getting to know you over the last 12 months, I'm like, you are just the queen of so many things, not just oils for everyone listening. Um, so before I ask you who you are, so everyone can get to know you if they don't know you already, what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in in this moment today? <laughs> I wouldn't have known the exact answer for this, except that I'm going away for a business conference over the next few days. And I have two white outfits that I'm very excited <laughs> about that require nude underwear. I've got like this amazing linen pantsuit, which just looks so fantastic. Uh, so I'm on day 23 uh, and I only checked in because of the white linen attire. Um, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I have actually always had a beautiful um I would say a calm cycle. So, well, not a calm cycle, but just one that doesn't cause too many huge mountains along the way. So it's wonderful, actually, only in the last year have I become more attuned to it from a day-to-day perspective. And, you know, you said um, that I know a lot about a lot. I think the cycles and that connection to that component of just such a huge 
magnificent part of being a woman is is something I've only really deeply connected with and began begun to revere in the last year and I'm 40 so yeah that's really amazing Mm, and I love that you said that and I'm 40 because it's you're never too late to know no right there's even if you're post like I've had a student who is post menopause join me for cyclical school to become a certified menstrual cycle coach and she hadn't menstruated in like 10 plus years and um you know it's never too late to learn so thank you for being here and thank you for being a crusader of the menstrual cycle and facing all of your fears to learn about the beautiful cyclical woman that we are Ah, it's an, it's absolutely beautiful. It's been such an incredible year as well, meeting you and so many women who have been connected to that component of, you know, life and death and rebirth and and our moon cycle as well. It's, um, it brought something into my life that was missing, which has been really fantastic. I'm more Mm. of the pragmatist, strategic, tactical, um, type A, you know, it's, it's brought a depth to my, to my love for myself and, and I think cycles as well that I didn't have before. Mm, I love that. And for those who are listening, Alice and I just completed our four seasons journey with the School of Shamanic Womancraft with Jane Hardwick Collings. Mm. Um, so yeah, go check that out if you're interested in learning more about that, but magical experience. Now I've loved meeting you and getting to know you personally, but let's talk about you professionally. How did you, <laughs> I love asking this question and I love, I'm looking forward to asking you this because it's so multifaceted for you. It is. How did you get into oils? And how did this whole thing happen? Because I'm sure you weren't an oil person 20 years ago. So tell, um, tell us about how you became Alice Nichols. Yeah, I think, yes, I, yes, I was and no, I wasn't. And so I, it's so funny now at, at I'm not going to say at this age again, I don't say that, I don't say it that often, but I look at my life and I think, I think for all of us, we can begin to, when we understand a little more we can begin to look at our life in cycles and so I can absolutely see the crumbs and the cycles that have occurred over the last four decades of my life that have brought me back home to myself again and where I am um, in my professional space which is very closely linked to my mental space and emotional space and what I I, what I wish to embody in my life because I was born into um, a country region in it's called South Gippsland in Victoria. So beautiful rolling green hills, lots of lots of land, lots of farmland. And I was the child or am the child of an aging hippies. And uh, so my first connection with plant extracts from an essential oil perspective would have been the smell of patchouli oil from my mother who used to waft through the house with a really low quality. It would have been from a shop like Ishka and it kind of smelt like patchouli dirt and she would have long skirts and perhaps bells around her ankles and she was probably drunk at the time. And (laughs) and I mentioned that because we had, um, I mentioned that because my sister and I have got a twin sister. We would spend the majority of our time as children from quite a young young age Uh, hiding in the bush and not hiding per se, but rather just getting out of the house. Like there was some stuff going on in the home that wasn't super awesome to be around for a child. And so we would spend a large majority of our time in, in nature. And I think that is, you know, the coupled with the fact that whilst mum was struggling herself um, with addiction and, and other mental health concerns, she was a lover at heart and she veggie gardened. And so, you know, we had a massive 
peace sign shaped veggie garden in our backyard and the planks would form the the breaks of the inside of the peace sign that you would walk down and this is you know, why you're such a good veggie gardener oh, I love it so <laughs> my veggie garden's looking a bit dry at the moment but um it is quite hot so I'll give you that but go on sorry <laughs> no don't apologize so yeah I think that the connection to my my coming home again is because I began connected to, I mean, we all begin connected to mother nature, but to even imagine that it's anything otherwise, or to imagine that we're not mother nature herself is part of the disconnect of society. But I grew up in reverence of nature because it was a savior to me and it was home and it was love. And we didn't have much money, but mum would put amazing meals on the table. A lot of that from out from her own garden. And I had that. And then in my high school years, I you know, I was definitely went off the rails for a bit and I decided I wanted to be like a high school teacher and I wanted to get into nutrition or I wanted to be a PE teacher or sport. I wanted to be a cop for a while, which is really You would have been the best PE teacher. Oh. Like you, would have been, you would have been my favorite teacher at school if you were my <laughs> PE teacher. I feel like I would have ended up killing a child. I don't know. <laughs> I have like my patience is nil. I have so little patience. I've got, so my twin sister is actually a high school literature teacher. Teacher, She's not working at the moment. She's working within her own business, but um, she's an incredible teacher and her patience is a lot different than, than mine. But I went to uni to study nutrition, food and health sciences and secondary teaching health sciences at two separate universities over the space of about five years. And I was just hitting the clubs too hard. I was basically not doing my work. I was not working autonomously. I was not doing anything that I needed to. And biochemistry was really hard for someone who hadn't slept in three days. And so I dropped out twice from this interest that I had in nutrition and health. And um, I ended up somehow kind of, uh, climbing through roles within sales, corporate sales companies. And I eventually ended up working as a sales manager within two separate software as a service companies. So one was out of Seattle and one was out of Silicon Valley. So a very different professional Alice than the one I am now, although still in sales. So I think, you know, I'm a talker and that probably comes from please like me. I have a very, you know, one of my positive and negative things that I work on is this desire to be validated or liked by everyone around me. Like when things are going wrong at home, you you want to A, not rock, not rock the boat, B, present as perfect if you can, C, you want everyone to like you and validate you because you might not get that at home. So that kind of entered into my work. Um, and I just, um, I was completely indoctrinated into the corporate system then. I've got friends who love it. I It wasn't for me. Like my soul knew my soul knew I'd come from the bush. I'd come from spending 10 hours a day building cubby houses near the dams and the creeks and the rivers in, you know, South Gippsland. And I was working on the 30th floor of the PricewaterhouseCoopers building. And, um, you know, I'd had my first daughter and I was dropping her at daycare at 7am in the morning and catching the train to pick her up. And like, I knew it was not for me. Um, and I started studying health coaching just on a whim outside of that at about 30 years old, actually. Um, and it just started this waterfall. All of a sudden I was like creating the own, my own crumbs that I was following. Then I ended up going back to the Institute of Applied Science and studying nutritional medicine as a mature age student with a biochem tutor this time. And I somehow passed the mathematical side of things. And so became a nutritionist and, and I started, I'd been I'd been coaching online and because of my sales background, maybe, and I was obsessed, my hunger for knowledge on in the digital space was just so 
huge that I was basically learning to build websites and code while breastfeeding in the middle of the night. Like it was just, I was obsessed, which is also a personality thing. And it was um, also the time I'm going to cut you off really quick. It was also that time when you were doing that very similar, you know, I've been coaching for 10 years. So very similar. It was the time where everything was like so cool to learn online and there was so much education online. So I feel you and you're like, it was just so rich and you just wanted to do it all the fucking time. So yeah, that was the time. If everyone's like, oh yeah, great for Alice to be able to do that. Like now you can just pay people and there's Wix. Well, there wasn't Wix back then. So you had to build something on WordPress yourself. (laughs) So I when hear- I say to people, <laughs> I used to write code to build websites. They were like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we used to have to add our subscribe box using HTML code. So we'd look at the code on the back end and it would show the subscribe box on the front. <laughs> like, and you're right. It was, I loved that time because you got the ability to diversify your skills as well. If you wanted to, it's interesting because I've worked with women now, thousands of women over the last decade as an entrepreneur and through my own businesses in health and, and business. Um, and it takes a special kind of personality, I think, to stick that out. There's a lot of there's a lot of long-term visions without acceptance and recognition that those steps we talk about need to occur between then and what that vision is. You know, there's not mm. a lot of sticking in the messy middle in that shit sandwich, like Mark Manson talks about. Like, what flavor of shit sandwich do you really want to eat? And for me, it was um, it was losing. For me, it was you know going to bed late. Um, having to multitask and be an IT manager and a web coder and a a sales manager and a marketing manager and a customer service admin person. And it was all of those things. And I really loved that shit sandwich because it it meant that on my second maternity leave from LinkedIn, I got offered another bigger role to come back. And I was like, I remember, I'll never, ever forget that meeting. I'll never forget the coffee that I ordered, the cup that looked like my, my prospective manager, Tony, who I really loved and respected and would have you know, would have begged to work with at any other time in my life. And I was like, I'm, I'm not coming back. I'm, you know, my business is doing well. And it was the first moment in my life where I was like, do you know what? The internet gives us anybody unlimited opportunity. And I, I was feeling it like my cells were zinging and I recognized it and I've never, ever not felt like that. I feel like anybody if they want to, like you have free access to something that will elevate you into the most insanely fulfilling life. Um, Not enough, take it. But yeah, so I know that's a very long-winded story. So I went from, yeah, corporate sales to uh, leading my own health and wellness programs. Um, And because so many women wanted to do it, I was on the side doing blog coaching and business coaching because that was what I'd done for 10 years. It was like a molding of those two things. Um, and eventually it's so interesting because I purchased a a pack of, I mean, I'd, I'd looked at aromatherapy and I'd, I'd actually sat in clinic with the aromatherapists at the Institute of Applied Science as part of my practical experience during my, um, during my, uh, advanced diploma. And I knew that it was powerful, but I didn't like, I feel like I was shallow, shallowly, shallowly tethered to it. And then I literally bought a pack of essential oils um, just because one of the friends I knew and loved had someone loved them so much. Like that's just the power of people talking about stuff. And I bought them to make my office smell good. And literally within about three weeks, I was really interested in learning how to partner with the oils business because I was teaching health and I was working and I was financially really successful within my own business, but I had no community. Um, no community that wasn't paying me 
to work with me, which is really different. And coming from a corporate background, the one thing I missed was walking into that. The only thing I missed from walking onto that 30th floor was the Good correction. <laughs> the camaraderie of the people. There's more yeah. than one. Are you sure? Oh yeah. The, it was, it was wild, but um, yeah, I missed it. I missed the people and I found that and yeah, that obsession kind of switched over to, to this. And it's never been about one thing for me. There's no panacea. There's no magic tool for wellness. There's no magic tool for health and, and well-being. Um, and I, and I always say to people run from the person who tells you they've got the magic pill, like literally run from that person, because if there's no gray or nuance, then that's not the person you want supporting you because you are going to be gray and nuanced at times. So yeah, now I teach about functional medicine, plant extracts, plant medicines, connection to nature. I'm kind of a bit of a I just hope to empower and lead women into listening to themselves and learning more about themselves and, and actually tapping out from listening to the people who tell them what they should do and going into their own space and thinking, how does this feel? Like mm. testing some things out, sure, but being like, is this what someone's recommending? How does this feel for me? How does this feel for me? And coming back home to themselves again because the world is going to do the opposite, going to teach people the opposite of that. So I will take a breath and allow you to ask something. I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just thinking of so many multiple things at the moment because the era of becoming a coach 10 years ago is so different to what it is becoming a coach today. It's just so dramatically different and people just don't get it. Mm. Um, and I can resonate in so many different ways what you were talking about when it comes to business. And I'm just having a little giggle to myself about it because there's, um, you know, so many people who will pull you down and this isn't a business, business podcast episode. Maybe we'll come back and do one of those, but not enough of us are connected with our innate intuition to allow us to really receive what we truly desire and follow that path. Instead, we're too easily influenced by others. And um, it reminds me of an analogy I have to share. Darren Hardy, um, I saw him speak on this and about the crab pot analogy. Have you heard him talk on the crab pot analogy? Oh, it's such a good analogy because I'm like, it's nature and it really fucking happens. So when you pop a crab pot in a river or a creek or wherever you pop them, and if you've never been crabbing, don't worry, it's just a big crab pot and it's got a hole and you put some bait in it, like a piece of meat or a steak or something, chuck it in the river and the the pot has a hole in the top. So all the crabs crawl into the pot and they start eating away at the meat. But then one of the crabs, there's always one crab that realizes, oh, guys, there's a hole here. We can just swim out and go back to freedom. But every other crab will do whatever it takes to stop that one crab who wants to be different from leaving, including killing it. Wow. And that's why often when you pull up a crab pot, there's always a dead crab, at least one dead crab. And um, I love that analogy because, you know, even though you're surrounded by community, does that community truly uplift you and support you and, you know, honor you, even though you've got a really quacky work, like bizarre idea or passion or drive. And um, I just love that analogy. So I had to share that with you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think with where we are in society today, which is led by a lot of um, containers and boxes uh, and that should, we should do this and should do that. I think the biggest thing that I dislike now is, you know, I run from people who tell you this is the one thing, run from people who are like, um, that's not possible for you or be realistic. You know, I always talk about 
how potential is only potential is imagined by 98% of the population only by what's existed in the past. Has it been done before? Oh, well, I haven't seen it done before, so it's not possible. Or I haven't seen you do it before, so it's not possible for you. And those people are not the people I would like to surround myself with. You know, if I want to, I'm a creative and if I want to come up with a creative idea, I've got people around me who like, you know, when I talk to them about it, <laughs> they never call me crazy. They're like, only you, Al, like this will work and only you. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, don't be realistic. That's based on the past, um, that potential that we all have. And that includes connection to self, you know, in our physical and, and emotional forms too, because the more mm -hmm. we can, the more we can be happy, friendly with this very personal space that we're in, um, you know, it's the only one that we have to be inside for our whole entire lives. And I don't just mean ourselves physically, but like you're with yourself your whole life. Nobody else is with you for that long. So make it, make it a good one. Mm, make it a good one. I like it. We could talk about so many fucking topics. So let's <laughs> talk about oils. Okay. How long ago did you get into oils? Okay. So I, from a business perspective, like where I would literally sit and talk about them all day long, where I would stay up all night and learn about things to share, like uh, the chief medical officer of our business, Dr. David Hill, that was seven and a half years ago. Um, what I've learned since then is really interesting, which is that the lay person or a woman meeting me for the first time in this space that I'm in, where I am saying to them or teaching them, or hopefully just living my life in a way that has them wish to do something like that as well, which is, um, you know, be, being in reverence to us being nature and being connected to nature. Um, I learned that the science side of things is less important in the beginning conversations and it's only important when it's relevant to that person at any given time. So what's really important again is how do people feel? And for me, seven and a half years ago, that's when I began you know, physically at the time, I work online now predominantly and meet people in events throughout the year all over the Australia and now hopefully the world again, now that we're back to kind of, you know, we've forgotten what's happened over the last Semi-normality. Yeah. Um, I was literally, you know, at the time putting drops of essential oils, plant extracts into thousands of people's hands every single year. And I traveled around the country into every state, pretty much every capital city, I went to wild places like Alice Springs, um, like way down south in Western Australia, down past um, Bustleton. I would get on a flight to teach five people how to use frankincense essential oil in their life. And what's so powerful for me um, in this space is that I have sat in people's lounge rooms. You know, I don't do that so often now, but I've sat in people's lounge rooms and particularly women, particularly mothers, and I've heard their stories about plant extracts, um, medicinal extracts, changing their lives or their children's lives. And some of the stories that I've heard have like, they would bring you to your knees, you know, they would bring you to your knees. And, um, you know, one, one that always comes to mind for me is in Alice Springs. Actually, I met a mother whose daughter had had a traumatic experience in her life and she'd become agoraphobic and she wouldn't leave the house. And so she couldn't go to school and um, someone had recommended to her that she bring frankincense into their world and give, give it a shot. I think she was applying topically and she may have had her daughter having a drop under the tongue at the time as well. And it was instrumental in giving her the space and freedom mentally to be able to step back out into the world. I think her daughter was about eight at the time, but things like anxiety and depression, like big ticket things for women that are getting more and more you know, where the rates of are rising so dramatically along with the disconnect from self, um, which is not surprising, and also the increase in pharmaceutical intervention. 
I was witnessing, um, you know, not the shallow, uh, I sell things online stuff. You know, I was witnessing the results of the truly healing components of the chemical constituents of plants. And I think we forget when we see women online sharing information about stuff like this, that, you know, mother nature made these things first and she made, there's nothing, you know, this, there's nothing accidental in the way she operates. There's nothing accidental in the way that mother nature creates and within the leaves and the bark and the the roots and the flowers of plants are healing medicines. And she created them first and indigenous tribes and, you know, early, um, early settlers would use these medicines uh, with incredible results. And it wasn't until chemists got a hold of the plant extracts and synthesized them into basically a plastic version of the plants that they realized then, well, if this is a, a drug essentially that can heal or cure something, how do we make money out of this? And so Mother Nature creates the original, like she's the OG, she offers the extracts within the plants. And then chemists realize that there's healing um, properties within plants and they try and figure out how do we replicate this in a plastic form and then they're like right well we've synthesized it so now the pharmaceutical companies can monetize it and then the crime that happens there literal and metaphorical is that as soon as pharmaceutical companies can monetize something that is naturally created they'll put regulations on what we do with the naturally created things so that we're less able to speak about them or less able to share them or share about what the true um the true value of them is, you know, there came a time within the integrative health world where you weren't able to say the truth of what frankincense oil or geranium oil or clary sage oil can actually do. It would be against compliant regulations for the Therapeutic Goods Association. And it wasn't because they didn't do that. It was because if we spoke the truth about them publicly, then it would dissuade people from using the pharmaceutical synthetic versions that had been created to profit from. So I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> There's actually no bitterness. I think it's just so important that we have women who speak about this um, and men as well, but women to women in private spaces and public spaces. It's a beautiful conversation and it's one that I will share until I die. Get the plants into your life for sure. Somebody hold her back because if you yeah. don't, she's not going to stop. Um, I love it. And I think that a lot of it, a lot of people, when they think of essential oils, they're just like, oh, well, I'll just try this thing and it'll help. Mm. You know, but there's always so much more underneath that as to, well, where does it come from and why is this important? And I love thinking of, you know, being trained in Ayurveda, like they've been using oils for centuries. And, you know, we're going to India in May for a, a Panchakarma retreat that I'm hosting there. And, you know, they use this kind of stuff all the time in every single session you have daily. And um, yeah, it's really powerful. So let's talk about oils for the menstrual cycle. Okay. Is it really, sorry, you go. No, you go. No, you go, babe. No, no, you go first. No, (laughs) Um, you go first. I was just thinking about what you mentioned about India. That's all. As soon as you say India and I think about the food. You want to come? I would love, I would love to. I'm basically landlocked this year. I have so much that I need to stay home for. It's like the first year I could travel, but I'm going to be home. But 2024 is the year of travel for me. Next one, next one I'll come to. Um, But I was thinking about the oils in regards to what you were saying. You know, we've been eating oils for you, people who, people who are like, I wouldn't use essential oils. I'm like, okay, well, it's in your toothpaste and it's in your mouth drops and every like it's in the pan of chocolate that you eat they use the essential oils from the company that I work with and 
you know, we're using them every day in Indian cooking. Um, you know, they have some of the most incredible potent, potent and medicinal essential oils within their spices. They grind their cardamom, their aniseed, their cumin, their, cumin, their, um, their fennel seeds, you know, all of these have the essential oils within them. And then they use them as well within their medicinal practices. It's just so beautiful. Like mm. every day you're either eating it, inhaling it, putting it on your skin in some way. A lot of the times the quality maybe lower or it could be mixed with something that's not super great for you but it's yeah it's everywhere it really is everywhere and once you see it you can't unsee it I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five-day love your cycle mini course a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week receive daily educational class videos and audios along with action steps cycle tracking guides cycle prompts and my love your cycle 50 page ebook This is your chance to discover everything you wish you had have been taught at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions and identifying PMS and your cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over thousands of women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. Use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off at wellsome.com forward slash shop. Um, so oils for the cycle, because I've been getting a lot of questions lately from listeners who are like, what oil should I use for my menstrual bleed? And what should I use to support ovulation? Like I'm planning on conceiving this year. Like, will this oil make me fertile or will it contribute to infertility? I'm not sure. So hence why Alice is here. Mm. Is it really just getting some oil and rolling it on your belly? Like, is that how easy it is to use essential oils for your menstrual cycle? Uh Yes and no, which is such a terrible answer. Um, can we use yeah. essential oils for our menstrual cycle? Like, does it help? Like, yeah, you can. Do, and should we? Yeah, <laughs> should I, we <laughs> I feel like it's a really great addition to um, supporting us around our whole moon cycle. And I think we can just really start and I'll uh, start by zooming out. And I know that I can be so long winded at times. So I'll keep the zoom out pretty tight the way that our menstrual cycles are going to show up for us and how we are able to gently lean into revering our menstrual cycles starts with how we revere our life and our lifestyle, because the things we do on day one and day five and day six and day seven that have nothing to do with our bleed are going to affect our hormones. Um, And so in particular, if I look at women and I'm, I just want to start this by saying I am not perfect when it comes to toxins and reducing and removing toxins from my life. Like we don't have any toxin, toxic cleaning stuff in our home, but I've got some makeup that, you know, I'm like refuse to part with. Um, I still dye my hair with, you know, it's peroxided. Um, probably it's peroxide. I don't even know. I just and partly it. surf bleach. Yeah. Look, it's the salt and the, the chemical dye. But um one of the things that is so incredibly important for women to do is to recognize that every single thing we put on our body and that we have around us within our home space environment is going to contribute to our endocrine health. Now, you know that our endocrine system is our hormone system and we can't get away from pollutants today. Like anybody who says I'm completely toxin free is absolutely full of garbage because you cannot walk out into, like you'd have to live in the middle of the Alaskan forest and probably still then you would get something floating through the air that is a pollutant. Um, But it's incredibly important to consider what we have around us and for anybody who's looking to conceive, anybody looking to conceive, um, your home environment, what you put on your skin and what you have around you in your house is literally pertinent. And then what you eat as well, um, up to to 73% of 
pollutants and toxins that can disrupt your hormone system and cause things like lower fertility rates, um, hormone disruption that can lead to more painful menstrual cycles, et cetera. Up to 73% can come through your diet, depending on how um, processed that is, which is quite a substantial amount. Like that's huge. But I, I kind of try and say to people, if you imagine someone at home and I'm going to use the brand Surf Laundry Detergent because I truly despise this type of laundry detergent when it comes to endocrine disrupting, hormone disrupting, fertility disrupting. And it could be any of those ones similar to that, but that one's just so well known that everybody will, will understand Surf or Omo. I want you to imagine that you take your clothes off or maybe you put your pajamas on and you slip between the sheets at night. If you've washed your pajamas or your sheets with Surf or Omo, you're getting, you're laying your body's largest organ of detox, which is permeable. Things go through the skin. You're laying that directly on top of endocrine disrupting chemicals. You wake up in the morning, you get in the shower. Maybe you're washing yourself with soap or shampoo or conditioner that also has these chemicals in it. You get dressed with the clothes that have been washed with that again. You're putting them back on your, your skin again, which is permeable. So they go through. Um, perhaps you wipe your kitchen benches or you're popping a different dishwashing detergent like in your dishwasher. We do not realize how every single thing we touch can either support or hinder our endocrine system's health and that ability for us to conceive, carry a baby to term and feel good within our bodies um, as best as we can, right? So the first thing that I would recommend women do zoomed out to support their menstrual cycle, because I know that seems like what is like, it's so far away, but it's so close because you live in your home and your body's in your home is to clean up and create, clean up the space around you with low tox or no tox, preferably, um, uh, you know, cleaning supplies, washing detergent, clothes washing detergent, things like that. Your menstrual cycle will be supported by that. And every, I'm telling you, every single natural, like pure and natural cleaning supply you would get from a store will probably have essential oils in it. They'll have lemon eucalyptus, tea tree or lavender or peppermint or clove. There will be particular essential oils that will, will be a part of that because they're antibacterial, they're antifungal, um, they're, they smell really fantastic and companies know that. So that's the first thing. Zoom out because your monthly cycle is supported by your endocrine system. I've got a guy revving his car or boat or something out the front of my house. <laughs> I can't um, hear that. So that's okay. Good. Cool. Quick, quick question in your home. Um, before you answer the question about, is it as simple as rolling oil over your belly? <laughs> what is the, your number one, if you could just pick one oil to diffuse in your home, what would that one oil be? Oh my God. Type A is like, what the fuck? Oh, one oil? I needed you to ask me this before. I will all, <laughs> all, okay. Well, I can only speak. So I go through cycles of love for particular oils at particular times. And so right now, as simple and as ridiculously simple as this is, it's peppermint. Um, and the reason is, is that I live up on the Sunshine Coast in Noosa and it's so hot and humid and peppermint essential oil is this incredibly clear, um, sharp aroma that cools the, cools the body down. I don't know what language I was speaking then. Cools the body down, cools the space down. It's actually the oil um, of joy and a buoyant heart from an emotional perspective. And all of the oils have energetic and emotional meanings behind them as well. And so you place that in, it clears the space, it clears the energy, it helps lift you up. Um, also promotes clear breathing and can promote clear breathing for people who have asthma or bronchial infections, congestion, and things like that. So it's a beautiful one to have actually diffusing in the house when the kids wake up. So peppermint's my number one right now. Um, and then I will oftentimes have that 
uh, mix it with a citrus oil or something like that, which are also really fantastic and great for supporting um, moods and emotions, focus, um, great for cleansing. You could then add it to your water or foods, your coconut yogurt or your yogurt in the morning, things like that, and really great for your digestive system, um, detox and skin as well. Mm, great. Okay. That's you want. Peppermint. 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 I and. got it. If you, if you, what about if you were menstruating, what would be your choice to diffuse if you were menstruating? There's oils that I use when I'm menstruating. There's oils that I tend to bring close to my body. I have, I have connection rituals that I have brought into my life since um, leading into plant medicine support. And the oils that I bring in are geranium quite a lot i'm going to tell you the oils and then if i can remember them the emotional meaning behind them because a lot of these oils if i say them out loud someone might be like ew i hate that smell if they've had an experience with it before and i'll say geranium is one of those that women are like super triggered by it's too sweet it's sickly and then i'll say oh do you have any issues with trust or you know how's your love life going or love of self going at the moment even more particularly um so geranium is the oil of love and trust. It's a beautiful oil that supports hormones. And I tend to use that alongside fennel, which is a beautiful, gentle anti-inflammatory oil around my, you know, across my abdomen at times of my bleed. If I'm diffusing an oil during that time, I actually tend to diffuse marjoram, which is an incredible neurological support and really great for the brain and uplifting, which I don't tend to talk about a lot, marjoram. Um, it's a herbaceous oil and it's not one I would typically put on the skin because it can be really warming um, and it can get hot, but diffusing marjoram or your peppermint, the diffusing, I think around the menstrual cycle is not as important as what you're, what you're putting on your skin mm -hmm. because the essential oils that you're using around your menstrual cycle, the difference between a synthetic medication um, like an ibuprofen or um, you know, Voltar enamel gel or whatever women might be either ingesting or putting onto their skin to relieve cramps or pains or aches, et cetera. The difference is the molecules in these synthetic medications are quite large. And so they can enter the body, but they don't really permeate the cell membrane, which is kind of like good because they're not great in themselves and they can disrupt the microbiome and increasingly do so as a cycle. Um, but the essential oils, the molecules within them are so tiny. They can, you know, they go through the skin. It's great to apply topically. We can rub them over our ab abdomen during um, our menstrual cycle or our moon and even leading up to that. Um, and they permeate the skin and then they go into the, they, they go through the cell membrane as well and they help the life of that cell. And they're doing a few different things. So there's a few different oils I'm using for different purposes during that time. Um, during the month in general, I tend to have a bit of a body massage process that I do in the evening anyway, just using jojoba oil and lavender oil. Um, the more I've touched my body and I had a surgery that went really badly a couple of years ago, which caused me quite a bit of body dysmorphia, which people probably wouldn't, um, they'd be like, what? And it left me with quite some quite bad scarring. And it's been a road to recovery, to just relearn my body as it is now after that, um, and that self-massage of self around the menstrual cycle, but throughout the month is so beautiful. When we can touch ourselves, like women touch yourself, you know, like if you- My booty, I can touch it whenever I want. So hot and lush. Like we are so beautiful, you know, and if you can get your own hands on your own body, I love massaging my stomach, my decolletage, like above my boobs and my boobs and around my neck at nighttime with lavender or frankincense oil or a mix of those. It's so powerful. Then leading into the menstrual cycle time, um, Every person who talks about essential oils and menstruation will mention clary sage. The disclaimer around that is not to use it during the first trimester of pregnancy or 
I, look, the contraindication would be very, very tiny, but I will say, you know, if you are looking to conceive, then potentially um, choose something other than Clary Sage. Um, but it's one that if you're not looking to conceive um, and you would like that big hitter when it comes to supporting the body during the time of menstruation, then Clary Sage is just so beautiful for that. And it helps to balance hormones as well. So um, our cortisol levels, which for most women today, if you live in the world today, your cortisol is higher than it would have been 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And a lot of women are experiencing rising cortisol. They wake up and they're anxious, like they're anxious before they get out of bed. They have to get out of bed because they feel anxious and they can't stay there. And I know that because I've been there. Um, and so if we can help support our cortisol levels, we actually help reduce um, pain, inflammation, um, and I, I never like to talk about periods like tricky anymore. There's terminology I just refuse to use when it comes to moon cycles now. Like, um, you know, I got raised in a house. Even my mom, even my husband, I'm like, I've got my period. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why are you sorry? Like this it thing is, creates life. <laughs> amazing. I am. Yeah, I am. I am phenomenal. Um, I like I like to say, you know, when I'm working with clients, because words are spells, as Jane mm. says, that, um, you know, like what do you have any challenges or do you experience any imbalances or and I call them cycle signs so any messages that your body's giving you around your cycle like what are they because anytime someone's like I've got this issue I'm like dude that thing is going to become a serious issue if you don't yeah. sort out how you're talking about that issue <laughs> this is so true and so these signs like if we and you know when I think about that I think of the, the terminology around PMS which I just despise now you know the idea of a syndrome which is just man created pre-menstrual signs yeah pre-menstrual signs. signs if we are experiencing the grind of hell around the premenstrual signs period there is probably stress and hormone disruption going on um, and that can be cortisol a lot of the time so again at that zoomed out level how you live your life in general is going to play a huge role in your hormone balance when you're coming into that menstruating time. And so um, again, those things like uh, touching your body lovingly with oils that support the central nervous system and calm and relaxation, like lavender supports reducing anxiety, supports calm and relaxation. You get that physical connection with yourself, which is so incredibly powerful. Women don't understand how grounding it is to just put their hand on their chest. Like if you put your hand on your chest right now, maybe the listeners can do that, not over your clothes. If you can somehow tuck it under your, your top or, you know, put your whole palm against your skin, there is an effect that that has. There is this, I feel like there's a safety switch that is triggered, not in, not in a bad way, in a good way, where all of a sudden you're like, I'm here. It's just a beautiful feeling if you can bring that into your life. When you can bring um, rituals into your life that involve touch and connection with nature, which is, of course, what these plant medicines are, and then you're leading into your cycle with a better balance of hormones, those signs around your premenstrual time can feel a lot, a lot less uh, grindy. But then if you, you know, if you are experiencing, the coolest thing about the plants is, is that if people say this is the one thing that you would use, I'd be like, well, that's ridiculous because each and every one of these doesn't just have an emotional and energetic purpose, but we all, oh my gosh, now I'm getting into a different topic. They all vibrate with a frequency measured in megahertz. Like every living thing vibrates with a frequency measured in megahertz. And, you know, a healthy human brain vibrates with a frequency of around 75 
megahertz, rose or frankincense essential oil vibrate at a frequency higher than 200 megahertz, which is wild, right? That whole like woo-woo of, you know, raise your vibration, it's actually real. Like if you were sitting in a closed room with 10 people who are feeling really crappy and you ask them to open their hand, the palm of their hand, and you put a drop of frankincense oil into everybody's palm and you ask them to rub their palms together and inhale, and they're inhaling one of the most highest vibrational frequency living um, medicines on the planet, then it's going to raise their vibration and you will literally raise the vibration of the whole room. And you can do that with your physical self at, at any stage of your cycle. But that means that because the plants are vibrating at a frequency and you as a living part of nature are all are vibrating at a frequency and yours will be different to mine and mine will be different to my husband's and, and my 12 year old daughter's obviously at the moment. Um, that that plant medicine, it will, the same one, the frankincense or the rose or the lavender or the clary sage, like I was talking about, it will meet us at a different place. It will meet us at the frequency we're at. And so our living experience as nature coupled with nature might be totally different. So again, you know, I was speaking at the start of this combo about like, how does it feel for you? Use lavender. How does it feel for you? You might not like it. You probably will, but you know, good lavender. Clary sage, how does that, how does that feel for you? Like try these things. And then there's ones that, you know, they, they have those emotional, um, when I was thinking about cycle support. So I've talked about Clary Sage, do it, use it. Lavender, absolutely do it, use it. Um, but then there's other things that occur around menstrual cycles, such as aches and pains, maybe lower back pain, maybe muscular pain or tension. And then your oils like uh, peppermint essential oil is an anti-inflammatory. It will help keep you awake. Just keep it away from your eyes, ears, pits and bits, like, I make these mistakes. So you don't I have love to. it. <laughs> um, and they help reduce pain and inflammation. And then there's a powerful oil called wintergreen, which you open the cap and it smells like medicine. Um, and it was the actual essential oil. It comes from a plant in Nepal, or it can come, or similarly, there is an oil that comes from the willow plant. And um, it was what chemists created synthetic aspirin from. You know, the plants are pain relievers, the original ones. So wintergreen and peppermint for anti-inflammatory and pain relief, clary sage to support your uterine health um, and female reproductive system, lavender as that anxiety calm and ground. Um, and then it's trying things out and seeing how they feel. So much to take home. <laughs> she's like shit did I just overshare no such thing as oversharing and um I think it's also good to keep it simple but also explorative because people are, and you know this so well are so often but this is the next best product try this and then after that month this is the next best product try this and you know plants you know we are of the earth not just on the earth and so when we think about that well, what alignment and frequency, like you mentioned around frequencies, like, am I vibrating and what is my body calling me towards? And we can so easily get distracted. Um, and I think it's really important when we're thinking about how we can support our menstrual cycle is to know that how we treat our body at other stages of our cycle will impact where we currently are. So if you are currently menstruating and you're like, fuck, I've got such heavy period and I've got so much, you know, pain and discomfort okay, well, what is that a sign of? And what is that actually bringing up for you? I think that's really important. And when we, we I love what you were saying around, um, you know, not, not just necessarily accepting the pain, but looking and exploring it. And I think we need to, as a society, I love what you mentioned about your husband, Cam, um, is that we need to just, just like, we need to change the the narrative of, well, 
what if your period is enjoyable? And what if this was a really beautiful, powerful thing? And are painful periods normal? Mm. Like they're not normal. They're just common and they're common because we've accepted it instead of really going, hang on a second. I'm not supposed to feel like this. I'm not supposed to be in pain or in discomfort or debilitated. And I think it's great that you can, you know, simply do all of those things. Now, are there any other ways you can use oils? I know we talked about touch and rolling and diffusing, um, like eating, like let's talk about digestively. Are there any great oils that you would suggest at, you know, consuming pre-bleed? So think of like your, what is it, day 23 today? Yeah. Yeah. Like what would you do before leading into your your menstruation? It's interesting because I, I first went to giggle at that because I was thinking of internal use of oils. So there's two models of aromatherapy. There's the French model and the Western model. And the French model is based off internal use of essential oils. And the Western model is based more off a topical application. So placing it on the body rather than in the body. The French aromatherapy model is so incredible. Like when I think about internal use of the essential oils, my first thought's not necessarily like ingesting it through your mouth. It's the historical uses that we've had for essential oils, either rectally or vaginally, which is really phenomenal. So for things like thrush and bacterial overgrowth and SIBO and, um, you know, bowel, inflammation in the bowel, you know, oils like peppermint. um, Peppermint in the rectum? Mm -hmm. So actually if you think about the human body, I will come back home again to this in a second. But if you think about the human body, our mouth and our rectum, we're basically like an inside out donut. So it's the same hole that our mouth hole is just a tube all the way through to basically the other end of our body. And peppermint oil is an incredible anti-inflammatory and, and gut support and respiratory support and throat support. And it supports every part of that. That Don't worry. I've done oil enemas before in oh. India, surrounded yeah. by nurses watching me whilst they're learning how to give other people enemas. You with a big syringe. Oh no, I don't actually. I was too afraid to ask because I just done a three-day ghee cleanse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, this shit's going to be real interesting. So, um, I mean, it would have been, I imagine they would have been using spice oils, to be honest, like just really low, um, high, very high diluted spice oils, you know, like. Yeah. The and their oils. oils are so thick too. Yeah. Like yeah. They have so much texture to them. Um, very unprocessed. Mm. I mean, look, if I was ingesting, so you can have, um, you can ingest essential oils and I prefer to do so. Um, I will, I would mix it in with, you know, a greens juice or a greens powder, or I have, I tend to have, I have really good routines. I'm definitely, um, an obsessive type of person. And I also struggle to slow down. And so habits and routines are actually what keeps me out of, out of prison, to be really honest with you. I'm just going to, going to put it out there um, because otherwise I think my life would fall apart without these routines. And they're what I lean on. And when I get out of routine is when issues occur. Um, and so one of the routines I have is, you know, I will drink, if I'm having a dark tea, like a rooibos tea, um, then I will put an oil, like a, there's a blend that we have that I have called On Guard, which is cinnamon and clove and wild orange predominantly. And so it's a beautiful earthy oil. And that is really wonderful for the immune system. And I will put that in a rooibos tea. But if I'm having a clear tea or a peppermint tea or a jasmine tea or something like that, I'll have an oil called Digest Zen or Zengest, which is based around aniseed and um, cardamom and peppermint. You know, it tastes like licorice. And so I'll actually add that within my hot drinks and I'll have them like that. Um And then, you know, if I do make a smoothie, which is rarely, then I'll often include citrus oils in that. But I tend to drip oils directly into my mouth because I'm just, I'm hardcore like that. And so I'll wander around the house and um, 
and, and I'll pop, you know, if She's I- She's at it again. Yeah, <laughs> just a drop of wild orange under the tongue or a drop of frankincense, which for most people would taste horrendous. It tastes very woody, but it's beautiful. Um, and yeah, so citrus oils and the mints are really wonderful to have just from a digestive, digestive and detox support. So they're the ones that I would lean into mm. and the warming ones. So like I mentioned, a, a digestive blend would be really beautiful. Anything that's got the fennel, the aniseed, um, the peppermint, anything like that, that soft, uh, that soft licorice flavor is really beautiful around that time. And also, cause you know, your digestion can like your body's obviously contracting on the inside in some ways and your hormones are adjusting. And so it can, you know, you can have a bowel clearing around the time of your, um, your menstrual cycle. And so it's nice to just support the digestive system while you're leaning into that too. <laughs> Period poos are a thing. Right. They're a real thing. <laughs> and it's because of the prostaglandins that make your uterus contract. And so your uterus and your, you know, your colon and your bowel kind of close together. <laughs> um, yeah, they're a serious thing. So I, like, great tips. I'm just thinking out loud here. You mentioned about peppermint is great on your belly for pain, inflammation. And then you mentioned also something that it's really great to, you know, ingest for digestion. Mm -hmm. Would that also potentially support pain and inflammation if you were experiencing that? So if you often are someone who gets like headaches, migraines and period cramps in the, during your menstruation. So when you're bleeding, is that something that would be supportive before, like a few days before your period begins? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing with essential oils are they're metabolized through the body. So if you put place, I mean, peppermint's an anti-inflammatory um, and it's a cooling supportive oil if you place it topically on or if you ingest it. Love peppermint. Or diffuse it. All three of those are beautiful. Aromatically, internally, topically. Beautiful oil, right? And we've talked about it a lot. It's my favorite oil right now. Super simple, peppermint. Um, but it does metabolize through the body. So if you're experiencing, like if you're not experiencing pain before your cycle, but you want to support the pain that's coming, applying it today won't help you three days from now because the actual mm. essential oil has metabolized through the body. It will do what it does for your body during that time, but it's more of that continuous, like small amounts continuously is what I would recommend. But the coolest thing about essential oils is their absolute insane versatility. Like peppermint oil for me is what I would place on my temples for a headache is what I would rub on the back of my, you know, on my trapezius muscles, if they're tight after a workout, it's what I would use when I'm having a 3 p.m. slump. Instead of having a coffee, I'll put some in my hands and I'll inhale and I just feel like it's that pet me up. I'll place it over my lower back if I'm feeling aches and pains or across my, um, like the top of my glute muscles, if it gets tight during my menstrual cycle. You could, you know, I'm not, um, I would recommend to people that less is even more if you're just starting or trialing them, get lavender, get peppermint, get clary sage or, um, find a clary, a, a, a blend that's based around clary sage and, or, and, or digestive blend and start there and create those rituals with yourself where you are placing them on regularly. And I can't go past just speaking to intent, which is something that I think you would resonate with, which is that I could use an essential oil 25 days in my cycle for, um, you know, I use frankincense on my face as an anti-aging oil. Basically I could use it every, every day of my cycle because I want my skin to keep looking good. But then if I'm menstruating and I, you know, and frankincense is one of the most powerful oils in the world. And I intentionally choose that oil and place it in the palms of my hand and apply the palms of my hand to my uterus or to my abdomen, then the intention is coupled with the scientific physical action that occurs within the body when those molecules permeate the body and there is an emotional side to it as well 
anything that has intention behind it shifts the energy of the experience and so it's how you meet your body at any time of your menstrual cycle with natural simple tools and what is the intention that you have behind it and you know without sounding too um too crazy i don't think your audience would think think this sounds crazy Joe Dispenza certainly doesn't. You can imagine, you know, you can you can imagine, you can forward future think your way past um, you know, those those signs that you have that are currently causing you disruption through your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Mind over matter, massively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely I don't think our community would think that's weird at all. <laughs> um we talk, we talk about lots of concepts like that. What do you think? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. And what you talk about comes about. So stop you know, this one reason when, when I was diagnosed with PCOS that I actually didn't tell anybody, like Mm. I told my partner at the time and I changed a few things and, um, wasn't massive changes, but I just forgot that I had PCOS and I actually just naturally healed myself when I went back to get tested. And, um, she's like, Oh, you actually don't have this anymore. I was like, well, see, that's why. Um, but yeah, mind over matter and what we talk about comes about. So Al, this has been great. I could ask you so many questions and I'm sure everyone's learned so much from you in this episode. So I have a final podcast question, but before we get there, how can people find you? How can they connect? Where can they learn about what oils it is that you would recommend? I, um, I'm only sharing maybe one or two links at the moment. I only share one. So just my Instagram account, um, because I'm there basically. Which one? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the, uh, the, 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 the pandemic, kind of did some interesting things to my Instagram uh, territory and I am back on my original Instagram account, which is where I'm sharing all things um, plant medicines and that's the whole daily. So T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E daily at the whole daily. Um, And I share lots of stuff about essential oils there, but a lot of other things as well um, that supports natural health and wellness. Again, it's, you know, it's never a panacea. It's all this beautiful tapestry that we bring into our lives. You know, what you Mm. such as you with this podcast, you know, if they're listening to this, holding their hand over their belly or their chest, inhaling some essential oils at the same time and um, eating a good piece of slow-cooked lamb, then you've pretty much got a few of those (laughs) things sorted. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, No, don't be sorry. I love it. I love it so much. Um, Well, thank you. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Now, final question for the podcast, we're changing gears and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this because you have no idea what I'm about to ask you. I want you to think back to your younger menstruating self when you got your period for the first time. Actually, with your twin, did you menstruate first or did she menstruate first? Or was it very similar in time? I feel like I've disassociated from <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And so I was in year eight, which means I must have been like 13. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, think back to your younger 13-year-old self. What are three things you wish you had have known then that you now know now about your cycle? I wish I had have understood how important a um, a message my cycle was to me. Um, I took every birth control under the sun from a very young age, including Implanon. I skipped all the sugar pills when I was on the pill. You know, I didn't get my period for six years when I had the implant. And I, I, I missed out on a long time, a long, I missed out on a novel of myself. You know, if our, if our menstrual cycle is a, is a message, then I've missed my body speaking to me for a long time. I shut her up for a long time. And so I wish I had have known how important that language, the language of our own cycles was to our connection with self. Um, and it's interesting because I 
disrespected myself a lot when I was a teenager and in my early 20s. And I wonder, I mean, I don't sit and lose sleep wondering this, but when I think about it, because you posed this question, I wonder how different that would have been if I had have understood and revered my own body um, at a much younger age, instead of giving it away, you know, to, um, to disconnect and to, to the rest of the world. So one thing I wish I had have understood how important a, a storyboard she was. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Three things. I wish I had have, I wish I would have recognized what internalized patriarchy, which seems to have nothing to do with cycles, but it does because I didn't, I carried such deep internalized patriarchal views of feminism and what it means to be feminine. Uh, maybe that's two separate things. What it means to be now feminine, I'll say, not feminism. I'm going to cut that bit out. But um, I carried such uh, brutal views of what it means to be feminine. And um, a lot of that happened to, to protect myself when I was younger because I did have a lot of traumatic stuff happen in my childhood. But um, I wish that I had have leaned into that. I mean, again, it's leading back to what she could tell me about myself. You know, I wish that I wasn't so disconnected from the, the messages that my cycle could give me. I wish that I um, understood how impactful that cycle was for me connecting with my feminine essence and how powerful I really was as a woman. Um, and I really wish that I, I think I lied about when I got my period because everybody wanted it, but none of us really knew what it meant. I mean, and then this was Dolly Doctor days and everyone was using tampons mm, applicators. <laughs> I just wanted to use the tampon with the applicator. In fact, I think I probably used a frame and had my period and I was pretending to smoke cigarettes by putting lit incense into the end of my mouth and blowing the smoke out. Like it was, I wish I had have understood. The third thing is I wish I had have understood what the truth, what our body's truth means and to not think I had to show something or express something to the outer world that wasn't really happening or true at the time. Yeah. Those things. I love it. So deep, always so deep. I love our conversations. This has been magical. Thank you so much. I can't wait for this to air for everyone to get to tune in. Um, you're a, you're a babe, you're a goddess. I love you and you're a great gift to the earth. So thanks, Alice. It's been wonderful. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.